Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And I love to bring you topics that are a little off, you know, what we usually talk about, but I think still very important when we're looking at our careers and moving forward with our lives. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Liz Brazefort. I knew I was going to mess that up. Brazefort. Brailsford, yes, everybody does, so don't you worry, everybody uh, everybody says something different. President and CEO at the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. World Affairs Council is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to educating and engaging North Texans in national and global affairs. Now, I just met Liz for the first time, and she's absolutely amazing, but I totally can see that she is an experienced can-do executive focused on developing partners and donors, professionalizing operations to raise the bar, and managing talent programs. Thanks for joining us today, Liz. Casey, thank you very much. And I love what you're doing here. I've watched some of the videos on YouTube and online, and I think it's such a brilliant idea to try to bring more people into what you're doing in your line of work and uh, helping improve lives. And why wouldn't someone want to do that? So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for that. I think it's so interesting that, you know, you say that because this is, this podcast is 100% VIPs give back to our community. You know, this is something that we do every single week just to add value and to, you know, hopefully help somebody find a little piece of information in here, which I know they're going to today too, Mm -hmm. because we don't want to be selfish. We do want to care about our world around us, right? I so agree. And I think it's so interesting because normally, you know, I love to talk about how we got connected and all this kind of stuff. And it's interesting because you and I have never met or talked. No. Until today. No, that's right. That's right. How did we get connected? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Well, at Success North Dallas, yes, our very good friend, Bill Wallace, who is also an incredible human being, brought us together. And of course, you've worked with Bill for a long time, I yes, think. And yes. I'm fairly new, which we may get into, into this uh, in this podcast. But yeah, Bill brought us together and love the work that you all are doing and, and applaud you on that also. Thank you so much. And I think that, you know, it, it goes a long way when you build your network so that it's so strong when somebody says, because, and as I was telling you before we started, I pre-interview every guest that comes on this show. I did not do that with you. No, that's right. And I think that goes a long way to trusting your network when somebody mm-hmm. says you need to have this person on your show and you're like, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to Bill. Thank you to Bill for bringing <laughs> us together. Absolutely. We'll have to make sure we tag him and let him know he got a lot of <laughs> shout outs today. He'll like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, Let's talk about your work with World Affairs Council. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the World Affairs Council in specifically in Dallas Fort Worth because you're not you haven't been here that long, right? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. So well, thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, I've actually been involved with the World Affairs Council network for about five years, but specifically in Dallas, I've been in Texas for a year and a half. 
and I am loving being here, loving being in Dallas, and I arrived two weeks before the winter storm. Oh, great. Last year. We won't get into that today. Let's just say that it was a memorable start to my time in Have Texas. you heard it referred to as Snowvid? Uh, oh, my gosh. No, but I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that I came to Texas at this time. I mean, what a, what a lucky time for me to be in Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm here. I'm here. So, obviously, uh, it didn't scare me away. But I've been in Dallas for a year and a half. I've been with the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth for 1.5 years, a little bit over. Yeah. And uh, I only got it, I only heard about this job because I was COO at our umbrella, our national umbrella organization in Washington, D.C. That's the World Affairs Councils of America. And so then I heard about this job and, and now I've been here. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I got involved. I've, I've been involved with international affairs in some form or fashion my entire career because I kicked off my career by living in Japan. Lived in Japan for three years. Wow. That, I mean, you blink and three years are over, you know? And so that that went by in a blink of eye, and I love Japan. And uh, I would not be sitting here today, I promise you, if I had not started my career in Japan. Japan did a lot of things for me, but what it did cement in my head is that I wanted to work in international in some way. And so okay. here I am. I love that you figured that out so early because Ooh, early yeah, yeah. well i mean truly early yeah. <laughs> but i mean that's part of what we talk about on the show is how a lot of people get into careers in which they're misaligned and so the fact that you're saying that you recognize that opportunity and you used it to launch into this career where you've been fulfilled you know, for I'm not, I don't know how many years you've been doing this. I won't, I won't make you say, <laughs> don't make me say either. But, you know, it just, it's so refreshing to hear that somebody did get into that career that they wanted to be in. Cause I mean, I don't know if you know anything about me, but you know, I'm a recovering accountant oh. and I was misaligned for 20 years. Right. right and so when right. I finally found my passion, I'm just like, I can't let anybody else do that. I just can't. Mm. Well, can we talk about that for a minute? Because yeah. before we got started, we were talking about how this is a podcast that was really born out of an idea to help people and to help improve lives and to help them learn and to help enrich their lives in some way. And it's really funny because you said, I'm so glad that you learned this early on. But, you know, I've talked to people about this since uh, moving to Dallas and having to uh, introduce myself. And, and I wasn't one of those people in high school who knew exactly what I wanted to do in high school. And we all have those friends who said, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. And guess what? They're, in a, they're a lawyer. I'm going to be mm -hmm. a doctor, and they're a doctor today. I was never one of those people. And so when I went to undergrad, I changed my major three times. I dropped out of school for a semester. My family and friends were like, what are you doing? You're never going to go back. You're never going to go back. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back. So it took me five years to get through undergrad, and then I worked for a little bit after that, just waiting tables like I did in undergrad. I waited tables all through undergrad. And so when I went to Japan, I thought that would help me narrow the scope of what I wanted to do professionally. And, and, and through the three years, it did not do that for me. And, and like I mentioned a few minutes ago, it did narrow, it, it did cement the idea I wanted to work in the international sphere. But I'll say that I don't think I really figured out my life's purpose or what I wanted to do until my early 30s, uh, or let's say mid-30s even. And 
I think that a lot of women in particular get to a point in their lives where their their careers haven't been linear. I think so mm -hmm. many women in particular, but I think people all over the world, or let's talk about the U.S. because that's where we are right now, but their, yeah. their, their careers haven't been linear, and, and maybe perhaps women with children and families and things like that, but I think we all get to a point in our careers of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Am I going to be okay? You were at a point where you were doing accounting for 20 years and you got to a point in your line where you said, am I going to be okay? I don't want to do this anymore. And what next? Yes. And so, so many of us reach this nexus. And I was at that nexus in my 30s, my mid 30s. And I changed my life at that point. I went back to grad school. I changed from private sector to non uh, public sector. Now I'm in nonprofit sector. I moved across the country. And it's scary to do that. But I, I just want to encourage your listeners and your, your viewers that if you want to change your life and you're scared and you don't think it's going to work out, it will. You just have to keep persisting and, and working hard and, and really doing, doing that soul searching that will make everything worth it in the end. That is such a great message. We could just end the podcast right now. <laughs> that was really good because that is so true because there's so many times and, and I get exactly what you're saying. I've been that person. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't figure it out as early as you did. And it just, I'm making up for it. I'm like hustling like double time now trying to make up for it. But we all are. At the same time, it just, it, it means so much when you can know you're scared, know that's okay, but still take that chance. You're not going to break. Take the chance. Yeah. If it's something you're really passionate about, fight through that fear, get into your passion zone, and do what you were here put here to do. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree I know. wholeheartedly. I know. And we went off on such a tangent. I want to come back to what you're doing here locally with the World Affairs Council. So tell me about the mission and the vision of the World Affairs Council. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. So the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth, we're a part of a network of 90 World Affairs Councils around 42 states. We want to be in all 50. We're not quite there yet, but uh, we all have essentially the same mission, which is to educate and engage our local community on all things international. And so our local mission here is exactly that, educate and engage North Texans on all things international affairs. We don't specialize on an international topic. We don't specialize on a geographical location. And essentially, whatever is going on in the world, mm -hmm. writ large, is what we're talking about. So obviously, we've had a lot about the, the crisis that has been unfolding by the day uh, in all of 2022 with Russia and Ukraine. Right. But we've done a lot of Middle East. We do a lot of foreign policy for the US. We do a lot of national security and FBI and CIA programs. But we also do things about culture. So we had a Korean musical uh, program recently. We did a, a, a something on the Uyghurs. With uh, Uyghur is a uh, an ethnic minority in China. And okay. So we had a program about that. We had a program about cryptocurrency. So that just blows my mind. And we had, <laughs> we had a program just two weeks ago about how the pandemic has affected our, our brains globally and what it's, what it's actually done yeah. to the mechanics of our brain and uh, through this. Like the this, neuropaths? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fascinating. I would Fascinating. Have loved to have been part of that. And how that's affected business culture. So we do business and economics and we, we do it all. And it's really exciting to me. I think you can tell that I'm very invested yeah. in our mission, but I think that the, the vision of our council has continued to evolve through the years, of course. And I've only been the president and CEO for a year and a half. 
uh, when I arrived in Dallas <laughs> without knowing anybody. And, and so I think, you know, I explained to people that we're, uh, and, and I, this has kind of emerged in, in, in my conversations, but we're in a ship. Okay. And our mission is this way. My vision and our vision for the council is leading us essentially this way, but we are making one degree incremental shifts so that our ship is still mostly going in the same direction, but we're, we're making little shifts so that we can make a better council for our community, that we can reach new groups, that we can grow and expand right. our membership. And really, I mean, it, that's not really telling you much. Oh, your vision is to grow the council. Oh, okay, that tells me a lot. And it really doesn't, but we, we must grow and evolve and modernize in order to reach all of you better and do yeah. a better job for you. So that's really what we're doing. One of the exciting things we've just embarked on is starting a uh, rebrand. So we're getting a new oh, We logo. went through that not too long ago. Good luck. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> we, we're getting a new logo. We're yep. getting a new website. We're getting new marketing collateral, a new newsletter format, and all of that jazz. And it's going to take us, let's say, 12 months. And we've just started. It's super exciting. But it's all in an endeavor to better support us all as a community and to reach more people. I love that. I love that. And if you need a shoulder to cry on as you're Thank going you. through the rebrand, let me Thank know. You. I may in need it. 12 months. <laughs> That's I what you think. I, <laughs> I wanted to be optimistic here. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So can you give us some like details or some really firm examples of how you've impacted our local community? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really think it's twofold. And of course, if I could wax poetic, I would wax poetic all day. And I, and I know that we're on a, a limited um, time span here. But uh, so I'll give you two biggest impacts. Okay. One of them is what I consider to be most mission critical to our council, and that's really educating our youth. Mm. And so we work with 70 high schools. Wow. So, let me back up. Okay. Our education program is called the Global Young Leaders Program. And that the Global Young Leaders is essentially the just the name that we've adopted okay. to name our education work. So Global Young Leaders, uh, we're on 70 high school campuses. And essentially, we've created junior world affairs councils on 70 high school campuses. That is incredible. It's so fun. It's so fun. We're in public schools, private schools, charter, and homeschooled. Where we work with homeschooled students. And so we essentially are helping them with global competency. So we work with over 8,000 high school students. We're impacting mm -hmm. over 8,000 high school students, over 1,000 teachers. And we work with the teachers on teacher professional development, global curriculum, yeah. to get more of that in the classroom. And then we, uh, we work with the students on their Junior World Affairs Councils. We are always looking to expand that. So if any of the viewers here are listening and want to see if your children or your grandchildren have a JWAC, as we call it, Junior World Affairs Council <laughs> on their campus, we want to work with you. That's beautiful. So please do that. And what we believe we're doing for students is we are exposing them to things that I never got exposed to when I was in high school. I don't know if you had any of this, but what we're doing is uh, we're making them more competitive. I think we've reached a point in our world where we realize we can't stick our heads in the sand and just ignore the world. I mean, in my view, the world is shrinking every day with digital connectivity and innovation. You can't shut out the world at this point. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is 
affecting us whether we want it to or not. We found that with COVID, we're finding it with Ukraine and Russia now that that's really, and we won't go down this path, but it's affecting our global order. We've got inflation, we've got global food shortages, we've mm -hmm. got supply chain issues. And so whether you want to engage in the world or not, it's coming to knock on your door. Oh, for so sure. We can either prepare the students for that or we don't. And so we think we, uh, with these 8,000 students that we're impacting, that we are teaching them about global competency to improve them and also make them more competitive so that we're creating a pipeline for all of our fabulous business that we have here in DFW. We've got something, I think it's 27 or 25, 27 Fortune 500 companies we in have DFW. A bunch. Right? Yeah, we I mean, do. it's a lot. And we're, 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 we're creating that pipeline for all of our, our companies here. And also not to, not to mention that we're giving students an opportunity to step on a plane to Ukraine or to the Czech Republic or to- Really? Without ever actually stepping on a plane because we're- oh, okay. Yeah, I was I mean, like, that would be great what are you doing? <laughs> get me there right now. I mean, I'll be, I'll be the first to sign yeah. up. But we're giving that opportunity that some students and some people may not otherwise get to have. So we're exposing them and we're giving the opportunity to let them listen to ambassadors and other foreign um, government officials and our own government officials. And so I feel like we're doing mission critical work there. That's one impact and I'll keep the next section shorter because it's more the same. But I believe that we're, we are making our workforce here in DFW more competitive by making them more globally aware and um, knowing what's going on in the world because there's opportunity there so and so i'm curious when, when you're sharing information with them and i definitely i don't want to get into the media side of it but like for me when i get my information it comes from the media because where else do you get it that's right so do you have access to other sources of information we do and i'm so glad you mentioned that actually so one of the things we say is we go beyond the headlines Okay. All of us get our news from the media. And as we all know, and this is not a partisan thing, we are a nonpartisan organization, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think you said that in your yep. opening, and mm -hmm. thank you. We don't advocate for policy. We just lay the information out there, and you decide whatever you want to think about a given issue. But we go beyond the headlines. And so we bring in experts and scholars to really dig deep on an issue. And we are trying to give a way more balanced and informative platform and discussion mm -hmm. than what you're reading in a news article. Because we all know that, what do you trust in the media? And, Nothing. Right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 it's, and it's hard to know what's real and what's fabricated and what's miscommunication and what's, what's misinformation and what's disinformation. And exactly. it's really hard for the normal person who's going 90 miles an hour in their day because they're incredibly busy and they're just trying to pick up headlines and who knows if it's real. Exactly. We You're getting the sound bites. You're living off sound bites. We go beyond that. I may have to get more involved with this. You need to become a member. <laughs> I may have we all, to. We all need, we, you all need to become members. Well, I, I really, I want to know what's going on in the world, but I'm just like, I just don't know who to believe, you know, because you get such... I hear you. So maybe That's this right. is, maybe this is my ticket to yep. new knowledge. Yep. So you talked about your global young leaders, and but you also have your young professionals, right? We so do. tell me a little bit about them. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. So I believe that our youth and our young professionals, like I've already mentioned, they're the ticket to our future. I mean, they are 
actually the ticket. They For are sure. our future. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a young professionals program called the Meridian Young Professionals. We've started this years ago. We did start it years ago. And during the pandemic, like so many things and like so many of us kind of went a little dormant yeah. for a bit. And so now that we, we're coming out of this, uh, <laughs> we have really started to kickstart our young professionals program again in the last year and a half, let's say. And so we do regular events with our young professionals. We give them professional development. We have networking opportunities. We give them speakers. Uh, I know a city council person just came to visit our last young professional session and it was a, a great success, but we are very excited about the young professionals. And I will say that we love to partner with <laughs> other young professional groups because the more the merrier and the more that we get the name out uh, and the word out, the better. But one thing that we've done about the youth, I will say this is since I've joined is that I said, we got to get more young people mm -hmm. involved. And we have created a young professionals advisory committee. Okay. It's essentially a young professionals board of directors, a board of directors. And so the chair of that group is actually gets, they, they get to sit on our board. Oh, wow. And a regular voting seat on our board. So wow. we're really excited about that. We've just kicked off our first year in June. We updated our bylaws to allow all of these things to happen. And we're doing a younger, uh, smaller group of about six, let's say. And then we're gonna put out nominations to have a fuller board, let's say eight to 10, maybe 12 uh, in the upcoming years. But they're meeting quarterly, they're bringing in new members with them, they're giving us ideas. And so it's a mutually beneficial right. operation. We want their ideas. We need to hear from them. How can we improve and modernize and really appeal to your age group, right? Because they've got to help us. We, we need to appeal to them because they're our future. And then for them, it gives them a, a professional development uh, opportunity. I We are definitely going to have to collaborate on what you're oh, doing there it. because I, I know, you it. know, with Success North Dallas Young Executives, you know, and we're trying to set up an event between our two yes. organizations, which I think yes. would be beautiful. But I love some of the things that you're doing, like giving them a seat on the board of the World Affairs Council. That's huge. The actual and board. Let's talk about this for a second. How good does that look on a resume? Yeah, it's a, it's a good resume. Yeah. And that's something you want to think about as you're, you know, choosing where to spend your time, your extra time. Not just, is this going to look good on my resume? You want to do it for the right reasons. But you also want to think about that, too, that as you're building out your resume. That's incredibly important. Yeah. So agree. agree. It's mutually beneficial for sure. I love that. So I definitely yeah. want to pick your brain on that and get okay. some more ideas for sure. Good. So what are some ways that businesses in DFW could get involved and help you out and, you know, just really support the World Affairs Council here? Well, thank you for that question. Uh, we have a myriad of ways for businesses to get involved with us. Uh, essentially, uh, I love to partner, first of mm -hmm. all, with, with businesses and partner with really a variety of, of organizations. But for businesses, okay, we have a corporate membership option. Okay. That is, we've always had corporate membership, but since I came on board, we've really uh, pivoted to a, a more uh, robust corporate membership structure and program. And so we're really in the thick of that right now. We have four tiers for corporate membership. It's an annual uh, engagement and you re-up every year and there's a lot of partner opportunities because we really want to steward 
our partnerships and steward our yep. businesses well. We want to have it to be a mutually beneficial, speaking of, relationship where it's helpful for both. And so corporate membership is a main uh, a main piece, but I also will say that we we serve the uh, U.S. State Department for we have four pillars of work. Speaker programs is just one of them, but okay. another one that we do is we uh, serve the U.S. State Department where we bring over emerging and mid-level leaders from other countries to meet with their counterparts here in Dallas and Fort Worth. Oh, wow. So for example, we had an Indonesian police department come meet with the Dallas Police Department earlier this year. We have had a women entrepreneurs. One woman was from Ukraine. Actually, it was powerful. But we had entrepreneurs come huh. over and meet with others here. Um, Dallas is such a wonderful place. Yeah. The North Texas region writ large is so wonderful for that. And then also we had a Democracy in Action Summit. And so these are all part of the U.S. State Department program. And they, uh, so there's businesses, let's say, mm -hmm. that are here in North Texas that are aligned with the groups that we bring over. They can host them and give tours of their office space and have them meet with uh, people, employees at the business. So there's that. We also um, always love for people to come speak with our students our 8,000 students. And so let's get some of your staff from businesses and global corporations here to come speak with our students. So we do that. We also have our Mallon Award Dinner, which we love to have our businesses there. And then obviously there's the board that we have and there's our bylaws allow up to 65 board members. Oh my goodness, it's, how do you get anything it's done? Quite, it's quite large, it's quite <laughs> large. But we're always looking to add quality um, board of board directors, board of directors to our, our organization. So there's an opportunity there too. That is incredible. What do you like best about your position with the World Affairs Council? This. Did you get to talk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, so I'm an extrovert. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell a little bit. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. I'm very social. And, you know, my, my role is really balanced between internal and external. Internal of running the organization mm -hmm. like a business, of making sure that our operations are tight, that we have operational excellency, that our finances are on track and growing and, and, and thriving, but on, and managing staff. I have a lot of um, staff that I manage, but beyond that, uh, a lot of my function is external, and that's meeting wonderful people like you and doing this podcast and meeting wonderful people like Bill at Success North Dallas and meeting our board members and, and our mm -hmm. corporate partners and other stakeholders, and I really enjoy that. I mean, I'm, I'm so invested in our mission, honestly, and I love what I do. I love my staff. The staff make this council go around, and I mean, I they blow my mind with their dedication and their high level of performance and their high quality work. I just adore them, and so there's really not much that I don't like about what I do, and I feel very lucky and grateful to be in this position. So what do you think you know, how has this had an ongoing impact for you? How do you see it just continuing to impact you in the future? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I started this podcast by saying that I went to Japan because I didn't know what to do with my life. Yeah. And now so many years later, here I am sitting in front of you and I knew that Japan taught me I wanted to work in the international sphere. And I believe 
that I'm such a I'm such a people person and I, I love the human race and I, I really believe in heart to heart connection and people to people connection. And so for impacting me, I mean it's just enriched my life so much to be able to engage with the world and to be able to travel and to and I'm very lucky that I've been able to travel, but to really be able to meet people everywhere that I've lived and I've I've moved around quite a bit, but uh, to be able to meet people wherever I go and, and they've been able to improve my life. Uh, is a really special thing and I just you know I'm always learning I'm always growing we were talking about before this yep, podcast yep. we were getting ready we were just talking about how <laughs> we'd love to learn how to improve and how can we make our lives better and, and do better and I'm I'm an I'm a total learner I'm a life learner uh, input is one of my strengths finding yep. we were talking about and and so yeah I guess I guess this council in my line of work allows me to really grow and expand and and make make me better Make me a better human being, I guess. I love that. Yeah. I love people that want to be a better human being. Yeah. yeah. It's because I don't feel like everybody does sometimes. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to switch gears here. Yep. It's time for our VIP questions. Oh, gosh. I know. Okay. You're so worried about these. I am. <laughs> I am. Oh, my. Holy moly. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Okay, well, of course, this is the hardest question for me. So I, for me, I was I read the question and I was thinking, oh my gosh, well, there's so many factors here. Will there be others that are going? I mean, will there be more groups? Do they have, is there, is this a future where we found mar water on Mars? Uh, is there food? There? So I feel like I feel like you'd have to bring a mate, right, to to continue to procreate to to make our human species go further. Okay. I feel like you would have to have a team of scientists. So can the mate and the team be one thing? As one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So we're gonna have a team of scientists be another, and then was, the third is is. I love how you lumped your team of scientists, <laughs> and that's really like. How many people is that? Anyway, oh go my ahead, gosh. Thing. Okay, and then we're gonna say uh, we're gonna say food, water, tools as one thing. Wow, <laughs> you are really asking for a little bit of liberty. To yeah, that's that okay. Part. That's okay. Dang, you get to do that okay. because we purposely designed that question to be very vague to see okay. how people right. would think All their right. way through it. So, Shoot. Okay. no, that was great. Okay. That was great. All right. All right. So, what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? So this was a no-brainer for me. I didn't have to think about it for a split second. That's my exercise. Oh. So I am a very dedicated uh, exerciser. I'm a morning exerciser. So I get up right away and do it. Actually, a cup of coffee, then I do it. But you know, honestly, my exercise is more for my mind mm -hmm. and my mental health than anything because. Uh, I'm sure you know, in your position, it's stressful. Yeah. And we all move 90 miles an hour every day. And uh, we have so many distractions and notifications and people who need us and questions and, and whatever else is involved in our lives that we need to be able to focus and bring it in and just be able to have a moment for ourselves. And so without a doubt, it's my exercise routine. I love that. Not that I do that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a morning exerciser. I, I just, no, I'm no, not. No. I have others. I like to do my miracle morning in the morning, no. which is supposed to include too, exercise. I love that too. Yeah. It's fabulous. So that's, I have a very set, and you can ask anybody. I do not even pick up my phone, answer text or anything before a certain time. That's what they say to do. I am horrible about that, but they oh, say, yeah. okay. Just, just don't, don't, don't look at it. Don't look at it's it. The first thing I do. Don't, 
You I cannot know. let them hijack your day. Oh, gosh, you're so right. You're so, <laughs> so right. Okay, so my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Uh, I'd have to say that Liz Brailsford makes it happen again. Mm. It's simple, and if I thought about it more, I might evolve that, but that's what I'm going to go with. I love it. She makes it happen again. There you go, which means you are a champion. <laughs> well, no one's saying that, but <laughs> I am. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll I take am. it. How do people find you? How do they get connected with the World yes, Affairs Council? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So you can look us up on our website at dfwworld.org. I am on LinkedIn, and uh, Liz Brailsford is how you can find me. Uh, contact details are on the website. Connect with me. And uh, yeah, please become a member of the World Affairs Council. I think our mission is incredibly important mm -hmm. and we impact a lot of lives and we want to impact yours also. I love it. Liz, thank you so much for thank being you. a guest today and giving you. so graciously of your time. Thank you for this opportunity, truly. I've loved this. Thank awesome. you so I have much. one last thing to say yes. to you. Yes. You are a VIP. No, oh, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.